Chapter 2 Mrs. John Dashwood now installed herself mistress of Norland, and her mother and sisters-in-law were degraded to the condition of visitors. As such, however, they were treated by her with quiet civility, and by her husband with as much kindness as he could feel towards anybody beyond himself, his wife, and their child. He really pressed them, with some earnestness, to consider Norland as their home, and, as no plan appeared so eligible to Mrs. Dashwood as remaining there till she could accommodate herself with a house in the neighborhood, his invitation was accepted. A continuance in a place where everything reminded her of former delight was exactly what suited her mind. In seasons of cheerfulness, no temper could be more cheerful than hers, or possess, in a greater degree, that sanguine expectation of happiness, which is happiness itself. But in sorrow she must be equally carried away by her fancy, and as far beyond consolation as in pleasure she was beyond alloy. Mrs. John Dashwood did not at all approve of what her husband intended to do for his sisters. To take three thousand pounds from the fortune of their dear little boy would be impoverishing him to the most dreadful degree. She begged him to think again on the subject— how could he answer it to himself to rob his child, and his only child, too, of so large a sum? And what possible claim could the Miss Dashwoods, who were related to him only by half-blood, which she considered as no relationship at all, have on his generosity to so large an amount? It was very well known that no affection was ever supposed to exist between the children of any man by different marriages— and why was he to ruin himself and their poor little Harry by giving away all his money to his half-sisters? "'It was my father's last request to me,' replied her husband, "'that I should assist his widow and daughters.' "'He did not know what he was talking of, I dare say. Ten to one, but he was light-headed at the time. Had he been in his right senses, he could not have thought of such a thing as begging you to give away half your fortune from your own child. He did not stipulate for any particular sum, my dear Fanny. He only requested me, in general terms, to assist them and make their situation more comfortable than it was in his power to do. Perhaps it would have been as well if he had left it wholly to myself. He could hardly suppose I should neglect them." but as he required the promise, I could not do less than give it. At least I thought so at the time. The promise, therefore, was given and must be performed. Something must be done for them whenever they leave Norland and settle in a new home. Well, then let something be done for them, but that something need not be three thousand pounds. Consider, she added, that when the money is once parted with, it never can return. Your sisters will marry, and it will be gone for ever. If, indeed, it could ever be restored to our poor little boy. Why, to be sure, said her husband very gravely, that would make a great difference. The time may come when Harry will regret that so large a sum was parted with. If he should have a numerous family, for instance, it would be a very convenient addition. To be sure it would. Perhaps, then, it would be better for all parties if the sum were diminished to one half. Five hundred pounds would be a prodigious increase to their fortunes. Oh, beyond anything great, what brother on earth would do half as much for his sisters, even if really his sisters, and as it is, only half-blood, but you have such a generous spirit. 
I would not wish to do anything mean, he replied. One had rather, on such occasions, do too much than too little. No one at least can think I have not done enough for them. Even themselves they can hardly expect more. There is no knowing what they may expect, said the lady. But we are not to think of their expectations. The question is what you can afford to do. Certainly, and I think I may afford to give them five hundred pounds apiece. As it is, without any addition of mine, they will each have above three thousand pounds on their mother's death, a very comfortable fortune for any young woman. To be sure it is, and indeed it strikes me that they can want no addition at all. They will have ten thousand pounds divided amongst them. If they marry, they will be sure of doing well, and if they do not, they may all live very comfortably together on the interest of ten thousand.